with fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit. Our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to a very special edition of the 1875 podcast. We are meeting again today, and we're meeting a very uh, important person in, in kind of modern Blackburn Rovers history, really. Um, a man who has been a Blackburn fan for his entire life, brought, born and brought up around the Blackburn area, and had a really long kind of amateur career and uh, non-league career as a player and then went into coaching and, and a little bit of uh, academy directing as well as the, that was the post that he held most recently at Blackburn Rovers and if you haven't guessed who I'm talking about and if you haven't seen him just to my uh, to the side there then you'll know I'm talking about Mr Eric Kinder. How are you Eric? Hi thanks Andy, thanks for asking me to come on, it's uh, an interesting 30-40 uh, minutes yeah, oh, I hope so. And I think a lot of people will get some loads out of it as well. You've had, like like I said, introduction there, a very varied career, and especially around the Blackburn area. And obviously a lot of people listening to this, well, they'll all be Rovers fans, really. So I think a lot of them will be interested in what you've got to say all across your life, really. Um, but we'll start by kind of talking about what you're doing now. You left Blackburn in 2017, and we'll get to that in the fullness of time. But a lot of people won't know what you're up to now. So if you can fill us in on what you're, what, are you still in the game? Yeah, I'm academy manager at Carlisle United. It's a role that I held when I first left Blackburn in 2006. It's slightly different. It was called the UT coach then when I went in 2006 and with the Triple P and all the changes in youth football, it's now academy manager. Um, so it's like coming back to, um, coming back to Carlisle after seven years away. Um, I've lived here now for quite a few few years, so you know this is what I, I class as um, home. It's where I live, so it's it's, it's come it's come the full full circle, really. And how is Car- how Carlisle being affected by kind of the current circumstances? Has there been has it been tricky for you guys to kind of do the job that you need to be able to do at the moment? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's tricky for everyone. I think it's a little bit easier for us up here. We don't seem to have we've no lockdowns, we've no no nothing out of the ordinary anyway. It's only the, what uh, the government um, government said for the rest of the country. Unlike you know East Lancashire, where it's it's a bit tougher down there, and um, obviously in Yorkshire and North East, it's quite quite round here. But it is difficult coming back with all the restrictions. Um, I don't know where we're going from here. You know, we just have to wait and see. Nobody knows. Um, we just hope that this this clears up sooner or later. We just don't want to break, not just for Carlisle, but uh, but for for English football or, or European football. We, we we've got to have a clear season and get fans back into the ground. You know, it's not the same. You know, it's a supporters' game. It always has been. Always will be. Um, the clubs need supporters, and supporters we we need it. We need our uh, our football on a Saturday afternoon. Absolutely, we sure do. I think I speak for all Rovers fans when we're desperate to get back into Ewood Park and support the lads because it seems like we've started absolutely flying at the start of this season. So we all want to get back in there and, and, and start supporting again in person. 
Um, you were, well, you are, I presume, a Blackburn Rovers supporter. Um, can you take us back to the the heady days of the when you were a young supporter of Blackburn Rovers and what are your memories of the club at the time? And, and tell us a little bit about your kind of upbringing through through school years. Yeah, I mean, I, it was me. It was my uncle, um, really, um, uh, who took me to Ewood for the first time. And England had just come out of winning the World Cup in '66. We just got relegated from the old First Division um, with Northampton Town, and it was round about September '66. My first visit to Ewood, uh, we played Berry, if I can remember rightly, one-two-one. I think. Uh, Mike Ferguson and John Connolly scored. I mean, that'll always stick with me. So if you can remember that far back and it stays with you, you know, the, the club is dear to, dear to yourself. And one thing I ever wanted to do from that first day on going on Ewood was uh, to actually play. I just wanted to play for Blackburn Rovers. I wanted to play cricket for England and I wanted to play football for Blackburn Rovers when I was like eight, nine, ten. I don't know what happened to Lancashire in the cricket part <laughs> of it, but I, I yeah. suddenly, you know, I, I didn't want to play football for England. I wanted to play for Blackburn Rovers. And I always, I, I can remember being a young boy thinking, well, if I'm not good enough to play, which I certainly wasn't, um, one day I'd like to work for them. So many, many, many years after that, uh, my wish came true. So, yeah, um, been through the been through the tough times of the seventies when we nearly nearly went down to Division Three. I think they were called Division Four then. Yeah, Division Four. Uh, managed to stay away from that. Had a really good day at um, Shrewsbury when we lost seven one, and Erifer when we lost six three. But also saw the. Uh, so win the championship, the third division championship at uh, at Ewood and the uh, full members cup, and and then and then Jack Walker came and and changed the lives of every uh, Blackburn Rovers fan. And that's kind of when I joined in. I just joined in for the glory times. But the so just before we move on to kind of Jack Walker and all that sort of stuff, just take us back because that's probably the lowest ever of the club. It was certainly our lowest ever league position was in the early to mid seventies, I think, in the in the mid table of Division Three. Can you yeah. sort of compare that to what's happened recently when we've dropped back down into the third tier? Were the similarities then? Were the or or do you just think that that's just the way that kind of football goes? Can you, can you draw any similarities between the two? No, not really, because I think at the time the club, the club in the seventies, it was it was difficult. It was just lo- just local businessmen who, and when I say businessmen, not nowhere near the status of Jack Walker. I mean, I think Terry Ibbotson, who's sadly no longer with us. I think he was a solicitor, and Bill Bancroft, and then there were Bill Fox, who was an unbelievable top person. I think he was a grocer. So we we just had. We just got into a, uh, uh, I think, where most clubs struggled in the 70s and we we got it, uh, we just couldn't get it right. And I, I, I'm trying to think back, I think we were in deep trouble, I think round about 71, and I think we signed a centre-half called John McNamee. And I think if it hadn't been for him, the older, the older listeners will, will remember this, John McNamee came and held us together and managed to stay up that year and then all of a sudden... Um, it started getting better and better in 74, I think 74, 75 under Gordon Lee, we started coming back and then Howard Kendall nearly got us there, you know, we missed out on goal difference to get back into the top leagues and 
Um, and then throughout the 80s, Bobby Saxton must have took us to God knows how many playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, Don Green Mackay. Road. Don Mackay. So the 70s were a low point. Um, I think I think modern day League One uh, is different. Yeah. Um, I've got my opinions on that, but I'll keep them to myself if that's all right. That's fine. Uh, so who were your actual heroes then, Rovers heroes? If you had I started off... Yeah, I started off when I first went. When I first went, Billy Wilson, who were a left back, that was sixties. The you've, you've got to be you, your listeners have got to be fifty, sixty year old to to remember these players. Yeah. And then Ken Ken Knighton. Ken Knighton was fantastic. Tony Field going through the seventies, and then uh, my all time Blackburn hero, of course, which you, which I would think if you ask ninety nine percent of fans who were around twenty years ago, it's is Alan, Alan Shearer, the best player I've seen at Eagleport by a million miles. Yeah, no, he's my ultimate hero as well. My first ever Rovers hero was Scott Sellers. Um, yeah. And then, um, obviously, I was still very young then, and he left as we got promoted into the Premier League, and, and Alan came, and he just took kind of straight over from where Scott left off, really. I've who had the pleasure. Sorry? Who, who, followed, who followed Scott Sellers? Alan Shearer. Yeah, straight in there after Scott left. I had the pleasure of speaking to Scott Sellers on the podcast a few months ago, and we talked about that that time in the late 80s when we had those playoff games. Um, Season after season, we were in the playoffs and and never managed to make it really even into the final. We get knocked out by in the semifinals. And I asked him whether he thought they would ever make it into the top division again. Um, and whether he wanted to just go leave Rovers and go, and go himself. And he said he always thought that they would make it. And what was it like on, as, a, as a fan watching that? Was it really frustrating or did you think we're getting closer, we're getting closer and eventually we're going to get there? Yeah, I think when we, we, I think we lost to Watford. I think we lost, we definitely lost to Crystal Palace. We got absolutely battered down at Sellers Park. We won 3-1 at Ewood and I thought this is it. This is this is it. We'll get we'll get a we'll get a drawdown at Crystal Palace and I think Mark Bright and Ian Wright runners ragged that day and we I think we lost three 0 and yeah. after that one you're thinking no we what will happen is we've had so many near misses it's bound to go downhill soon we we can't keep doing this but just after that um, obviously like uh, Jack Walker took over when Don McKay was still the manager. And then, uh, obviously, Kenny Dalgleish came in and it looked at one stage in that first season that we were going to romp away with the league and go straight up. And I can remember losing, I think, six games on the run. Um, and then we're ending up in playoffs. But it was it just seemed a completely different club. Mm-hmm. They were a different side. Uh, I think uh, Dalgleish and Hartford put together a football inside it right from the word go. Anybody tried to play football against us in them days, we just beat anybody who tried to beat us up physically. We were strong. Uh, when we lost them six games, I thought, this can't be happening. You know, it can't. And when we went to Wembley and, and beat Leicester, I think I thought then we would be okay. We'd be all right. And if I'm being honest, I, I thought, once you know, it, it only lasts for so long. Um, I think we made a mistake after the Premiership year. You know, it's hard to criticise Jack Walker. Uh, all Blackburn Rovers fans must hold him 
100% respect. I just thought we made a mistake after winning the Premiership. We should have strengthened. And it come back to haunt us in the end. And then sadly, Jack died. You know, and then after that, it, it it was right for a bit, you know, Mark Hughes got, got it back going again and it was run really well by John Williams and Tom Finn. So I think we would have been a premiership side right through all these years. I think I don't think we'd have got relegated if, if people like John Williams and Tom Finn had still been around. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I, I spoke when I spoke to Jason Wilcox and I said about why, in his opinion, or did he notice after it was a noticeable thing for the players that we didn't step up and step forward and he seems to think that it wasn't that obvious to him but it's difficult when you're a player isn't it you just kind of your job is to go out there on the pitch and it's not anything to do with you what happens with Kane Dalglish going upstairs what happens with Ray Harford and all that sort of stuff so like I get that from a player's perspective but as a fan you can kind of see it coming can't you and as soon as that transition is made and the performance is almost straight away started to fall away and it's just frustrating to see when you when you're sitting there paying your money and, and you know that it's a great opportunity for the club to become big you know huge and um we just didn't quite take it before yeah, we uh, talk about kind of work it because obviously by that stage you're starting to work for preston and and starting to kind of get involved in the professional game take us back to um your what you were doing so you had an amateur career as a footballer and play cricket at the same time is that right yeah i mean i started i don't think i were playing at blackburn combination around about 1975 and i you know i progressed through through that i was always playing cricket cherry tree was really my club in Riversdale League and I had a couple two or three seasons at Richardson at Lancashire League which thoroughly enjoyed got to play with some outstanding players at Richardson never mind the outstanding professionals like Michael Alden and and names I and play against people like you know Andy Roberts and Franklin Stevenson and Capel Day that was an amazing amazing era for Lancashire League cricket but the football side of it um, that were coming to an end round about the late 80s you know, and I, I started to wonder where I was going to go with, um, with, with my Saturday afternoon fix. I, you know, I knew that I was getting into my thirties and my middle thirties, and coaching had always interested me. And I was very friendly with Noel Brotherston, yeah. another Rovers legend, and he got um, he got a loan move to a club in Sweden called Matola, um, and I went out to stay with him for a couple of weeks, and. I'm always embarrassed to say that I can't never remember Matola's manager's name, but I was talking to him just one day after a training session and I, he was he were asking me what I was going to do when I finished playing and I said, I don't really know. And he said, well, you, you seem to have a big interest in the coaching side for the next two weeks while you're staying here. Just, just work alongside me, come alongside me, follow me, see what I do and see what you think. Uh, and to be fair, he, he got me hooked on that. So... When I came back from from there, um, I started doing my my uh, coaching badges. Spent four summers in America, uh, just coaching in, in the summers in America, uh, and then uh, finally, around about ninety three, ninety four, I did. I got offered the job at Preston, working with their under fifteen. So I packed up playing and threw myself into the coaching. 
and did that kind of satisfy the itch then were you happy with that and and how did that develop through at Preston you were there for a few years yeah I was there from about 94 and then I was doing my A license at Lily Shoal um, and got a phone call from Bobby Downs who was the academy manager of Blackburn Rovers round about that would be round about March, April of 99, um, saying that there was a under-16 job coming up at Blackburn Rovers. Uh, I lived at Brockhall at the time. I was living there. Um, it was my club and it was like the like the best phone call I'd ever had. Yeah. So I went down and spoke to him and they offered me the job. So I left Preston at the end of that season and started with Blackburn's under-16s in the summer of 99. The academy hadn't been built then. What I hope that, well, everybody should know that the academy is where the first team trained now. Jack Walker built that for Blackburn Rovers Academy. If Jack Walker had still been alive, I don't think that would ever have got changed to a senior training centre because it, 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 was, it, was uh, it was his baby that, he, that it was going to be the academy. So we, for the first few months of my Blackburn Rovers career, we trained at Queggs and, uh, mm-hmm. and this building was going up rapidly. We all, none of us could wait to, to get into this building. And so we moved in there around about October 99. So, and then uh, I stayed as um, under 16s coach right through to leave until to go to press, uh, to go to Carlisle in 2006. So, Obviously, as fans, we were interested in who you saw come through at, at that time as under-16s coach. Um, tell us some of the memories of some of the players that came through um, the under-16s with you. Yeah, I mean, at, at that time, the under-18s was a pretty powerful side. I mean, uh, David David Dunn, Damien Duff, uh, they were the big ones. James Thomas, who was a Welsh centre-forward, who, who probably should have... Um, had a better career than than he, he than he did. Uh, it was a good, it was a strong side. James Beatty was around at that time, um, but the sixteens. My first sixteens uh, group was Paul Gallagher, who's at Preston. Um, my schoolmate. I was in the same year yeah. as Paul. Paul still play. He's yeah, now into coaching. That, that, that makes you feel old when the your fifteen year olds that you were coaching are now are now coaching themselves. It's yeah, and obviously, yeah. Dunny's Dunny's manager of Barra and, and and Robert Kelly's assistant. Who Robert Kelly was probably my mentor for all my time at Blackburn, and still is my mentor. Uh, if I have any problems, and even now at my age, I, I'll I'll speak to Robert. But uh, Junior Royalet was a special talent. Um, he he uh, he was probably the most talented person that I worked with. Uh, he should, in my opinion, have done a lot better in his career. Should have played for bigger clubs than he did. But saying that, he's he's had a, a fantastic career. Yeah, absolutely. We also it's it's good. It's so exciting as a fan, and, and I guess it must be for you as well working within that setup to see someone with that great talent come through. Galley for us, like obviously I knew him from when he was eleven, and we played in the same school team all throughout his time there and you knew he was a good, a good player. I didn't. I actually didn't realise that he was going to have such a great career as he's had and obviously he's very proud to see him kind of every week playing playing football but Junior Highlight's another one that we all got very, very excited about, a little bit like Tyrese Dolan now where he's breaking through with those wonderful skills and being a forward player as well so it feels more exciting, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got either. You know, when I when I was there, David David had just broke into the England under twenty ones. I think he'd be about nineteen. Him and Damien were about probably the same age. If there's, there weren't much difference, um, and then we, we'd signed Matt Janssen round about the the early part of two thousand era, and then you know when we won the League Cup at uh, at Wembley under Sooners. Them three with the with the future of Blackman Rovers. They were they were going to keep us. They were going to take us on after the glory years of the nineties. Them three were all kids really, and watching David grow up as a, I know I've known him since we were fifteen. Watching him grow up into the into the terrific, absolute outstanding player and Duff was truly talented. Uh, and Janssen coming in from the outside, but. When you see saw them three, you think the future is gonna. We'll be there again. We'll we'll be uh, we'll be back challenging round the top again. But sadly, all three um, fell away. Well, left. Um, obviously, Matt had a bad injury uh, off his motorbike. But David left, and 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 Damien left, and you know then and probably it started going a bit downhill going back to back end of the two thousand. Yeah, early two thousands. I love the club though, at that time. Your first season being that promotion season, I think. Uh, I know you're not directly affected by that necessarily being on the sixteens, but still, you must have felt the club kind of rising again and had the, having the potential. Um, so it must have been quite exciting that for for those few years that you were there for the first time round. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I I, I came in ninety nine, so the fir- it was the first year I came in the summer after we got relegated from the Premier League for the first time. So uh, Jack was still alive then, and I never got to meet him. Uh, never got to meet him uh, as an as, a, as an employee for Blackburn Rovers. I met him in in, on, in the social circle, but I never got to meet him. He was he been diagnosed then with his illness. Uh, we didn't get up first year under under Graham Sooners. I think Brian Kidd started the season and Graham took over and, and then Jack died Jack died and that had to be we had to get promotion that year, you know, and being at Preston that night when Matt Janssen scored the winning goal and getting back into Premier League, it was like it was it, it that that was I think all Blackburn Rovers fans would have said that that once for Jack Walker and now uh, let's step on the gas and and go forward. Which for for about eight eight nine years we did go forward. You know we developed we we had some we had some top name managers and some big players. Um, unfortunately, it, uh, it it didn't last. And you know that's that's football in a way. You know things don't last. But um, so you went away from the club for a little while, back to Carlisle, I think, and then. Rejoined Blackburn Rovers later on on the twenty ones. Yeah, I, I I only left I only left Rovers because of me. I wanted I, I desperately wanted to be a youth team coach. I I I'd done it in me in me playing me playing career. You know, once once I got to a level and I thought I was okay. That I wanted to go to the next one. And I wanted to go to the next one until I found where I couldn't I couldn't play at that level. But I always pushed myself uh, and. Coaching was no different. Um, I wanted to be a youth team coach. I'd done I'd done Preston's under sixteens for five or six years. I'd done Blackburn's under sixteens for five or six years. I was never going to get the youth team job because uh, Gary Gary Boyer 
were there then, and rightly so. You know, he didn't look like he was leaving at the time, and he didn't. Um, Robert Robert Kelly was the under-18s coach before him. Well, that was never going to change. I didn't expect to get to get the under-18s job at Blackburn Rovers. I had, but I, I wanted to desperately wanted to do it, and I got the chance at Carlisle, and even all my mates and all the people at. at at Brockhall and at Ewell said to me what are you doing leaving a premiership club you leave, you live at Brockhall you're two seconds away from training ground it's a Premier League club and you're going to League One with a place you've never been to in your life before and I said it's nothing to do with that it's, it's I want the job I just want to I want to have a crack at the job so I did this I did the job uh, at Carlisle till 2013 and if I hadn't have done it if I hadn't have left I would never have been given the opportunity to come back as under 23 coach so it was the right thing to do Exactly yeah and like I say you know you don't know how things are going to work out when you make those decisions but as you say without making that leap you would never be have then come back so who did you have at Carlisle that, that, that made it through were you how did that kind of transpire for you? Were you happy with the job that you did there at Carlisle? Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Carlisle. It's, it's, it's a good club. We're really good people. It, it was it was like Blackburn. You know, Blackburn was always known as a very friendly family club. They, they became a, a bit of a giant in Premier League, which, which didn't, you know, like going back to the 80s and, and 70s, it was a really family club. Uh, Carlisle was like that. And so I felt at home. Uh, I got good support from the owners, from the from the chairman as well. Who, who the owner of Carlisle then isn't there now, but he's still a good friend of mine. And the chairman, um, I have so much respect for the chairman. He's been, I think, he's been associated with Carlisle for sixty years as a board member. Never mind the chairman. It's an incredible, it's an incredible number of years to be involved with one club at a board level. Um, and we, we did, we had seven decent years, you know, the, the players who, who came through, there's a, there's a hell of a lot of them. None of them, none of them got to the Premier League, but they all, they're all playing local, uh, they're all playing League One, League Two Championship. Uh, you, you players like Gary Medine, Tom Aldred, Brad Potts, um, uh, Ryan Bowman, Mark Gillespie, you know, all these lads who, Andy Cook, you know they're they're all playing League One and League Two football. They they a lot hell of a lot of lads who came through the Carlisle youth system in them seven years who have made a living and still making a living out of playing professional football. So that gives you great satisfaction. That's the job done, really. Then in a way, so how did the opportunity to come back to come back to Blackburn come about? And um, I suppose you were happy to kind of grab that with two hands. I guess this is the point now where we we talk about. You know, this is what people want to know. How was it? How's it been in the academy from 2013 to 2017? You obviously kind of got promoted through that point as well. But just take us through your a kind of most recent spell at the club and and what it was like, please. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I was uh, in total. I was there four seasons. I had two seasons at uh, two seasons under 23s coach working uh, alongside Gary Boy when he was manager. Um, Phil Cannon left as academy manager. Um, I don't know why. I just I, I fancied um, I fancied having a go at it. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't. If I'm being serious, if I'm being honest, I should have stayed as, as under twenty three's coach because the academy manager job was changing rapidly at the time. You know, it was becoming more and more paperwork based, education based. 
um, you weren't out on the pitch as much as you wanted to be. Uh, and coaches, coaching is what I enjoy doing. Um, but I did it. Um, I went for the job and, and, and I got it after a couple of years. Uh, going back to the under 23s job when I first came back, it, Gary took over. At that time, we had an awful lot of players um, who shouldn't really have been there. You know, we, we were coming off the back of the Chevy Singh, were it? We're coming yeah, on the Jerome back Anderson. of yeah. Jerome Anderson era where there were players coming in left, right and centre. And I don't think... A lot the of Portuguese really players coming in. For a lot of Portuguese players coming in. Yeah, yeah. Since Portuguese players who, like I said, that once they left Blackburn Rovers, the next job would be a waiter in a bar at Algarve because that's how good they were. I mean, the owners got sucked into this with with whoever. Uh, and Gary had a hell of a job to do, and we, I think, Gary cleared the first team out pretty rapid. Um, I, with the Gary's help, we cleared the under twenty threes out, and we in one year, I think we we got beaten the under twenty threes cup final down at Southampton. Sam Gallagher scored the winning goal in extra time. Uh, to, so I thought we made progress. The academy manager job came up. Um, I thought I'd go for it, and you know, uh, stringent. Well, I think I had three interviews, um, which was difficult. Uh, the, there were some difficult questions I had to answer. Uh, got the job, um, settled into that uh, for two years, and um, and then at the end came. So give us some insight into what you mean by the paperwork. Obviously, it's a Category 1 academy at Blackburn Rovers. And do you give the, the owners any credit for maintaining try, maintaining that Category 1 status? First oh, of all? De- definitely. You know, definitely. You, you know, it's a big, it's a big outlay. Uh, you get a lot back. You get a lot back, but there's a lot asked of you as well. And to compete at Category 1 level, if you go through the stringent audit test, You've got to compete with. You've got, got to compete with Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham, Chelsea, who were buying new team players from all over the world at the time. Um, we were mainly local. When I say local, I don't mean Blackburn. Uh, I mean um, North of England. We we were basically North of England and uh, an academy. And to refer to recruitment at that time, my first. Um, Spell as academy manager after stepping up from under 23s coach, so probably th- my third year of being back. We got to semi finals at FA Youth Cup. We got beat 1 0 at Ewood with Chelsea. Tammy Abraham scored. Mason Mount were on the bench in, in them games. You know, and then we got um, we got beat 3 1 down at Stamford Bridge. In the, and then you got, I think, in the final, Chelsea beat Man City 7. So you could see what that sort of side we had then. You know, like the side that we had then, or you know, you, you, um, Scott Wharton, who's now obviously around the uh, Ryan Nyambi, David Rea, M- uh, Platt, who's at, playing at Barra. You know, we had Sir Ard Castle, who's at Barra. We had, mm. we, we had Tomlinson. We had a good side um, that when they when they played in that Youth Cup semi-final the year after, they should have gone out on loan. Um, they should have gone out on loan to lead clubs to give themselves to to warden themselves up. Um, and is that not your fault? 
at the end of the day. So it, you're saying it, was, it, was, it was my call. It was my. It, 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 that's what I wanted, uh, but it got it got stopped for whatever reason. Um, we couldn't get them players out on loan, and I said if they don't go out on loan, they'll stagnate, and and they won't. We should have got six or seven of that side through. We ended up getting Nyambi and Raya. Right. You know, uh, but I, it, it was stopped. It was stopped for some reason uh, by people above me, and that was that. That was really the start then of like um, I think me making my mind up that it's it, it's not going in the right direction for the way that I want it to. So I had a big decision to make. And how did you come to that decision? I, I don't quite know how to phrase it any any nicer than that, really. Well, well, um, the recruitment side of the club at the academy, then uh, the recruitment of any any business is is paramount. It's, it's paramount. You've got to, the recruitment of um, of staff of players has got to be the main thing. If you start cost cutting with recruitment, then I think you've got a problem. I couldn't get these players out on loan because uh, we haven't got enough players to put three sides out on Saturday. The three sides, I'm talking about 16s, 18s, 23s. They, they're your three sides because if, you, you know, if you're playing for 23s on a Monday night, you basically can't play for 18s on a Saturday. So if you're in 23s, uh, we, have to, we haven't got enough 16s at that time. We haven't got enough 16s to step up to 18s and it was all unbalanced. And so, if we'd have got these, if we'd have been able to recruit a few more players around that time and got the under the under nineteens, which were the FA Youth Cup final semi finalists from the year four out on loan, and got them playing league football, would have got more players through from that group, and would have been able to um, uh, recruit more players lower down. But it got stopped um, for whatever reason. Um, and I just thought, this is not the way that I want it to go. Um, I want to do it this way. Um, and I just thought, I have a big decision to make if, if I'm not happy. Uh, if I'm not happy with the way that uh, the club's going forward at academy level. Um, you can take money off the first team. and it, it instantly shows. You can take money off the academy and it won't, you won't see the results for two or three years. And the lads who are in the first team now, you're ranking Costellos and John Butleys and even people like Vale uh, and young Brennan who played in a pre-season game. They were all in the system when I, when I left. Um, so I had this decision to make and I thought it was better. If I'd have stayed, I will probably have got sacked because I'd probably have been too outspoken and I probably said things that I didn't, you know, and I didn't want that. I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. So I thought the best thing would be to leave on my own accord. Yeah, I find it incredible to think that, you know, every child's dream is to play. Well, every, every lad like me wants to play professional football and you would think there'd be a lot of talent out there to be scouted and recruited and maybe and I don't obviously I don't know the ins and outs of the club at the moment and you don't you're working at Carlisle but um it's interesting to think that recruitment could be an issue for for a, a, a club like Blackburn Rovers um we do have some questions we asked some questions from 
listeners. So we do have a few of those, if you wouldn't mind just uh, taking a couple of these. Um, we've got Jonathan Secker. I'm not quite sure um, if you've got an answer for this one, but um, he said, who is the player who is the player that you felt would come through to the first team, but it never never quite happened for that player? It's a good question. Uh, the, the one that I thought when I first saw him play as a 12-year-old he, and he scored truckloads of goals at youth level were Joe Garner. Uh, and even though he's had a terrific career, yeah, still had a great I, re- career. I, I, I really disappointed when he had to leave the club. You know, and saying that it was my suggestion that we sign him at Carlisle. So yeah. I thought, <laughs> just, so like, but Joe were going nowhere. He wasn't. He wasn't getting in the first team. Uh, yeah. He didn't look like he was getting in the first team. And, but if you saw him at twelve year old, oh dear me! I mean, the number of goals he scored at six age from 40, well, age from 12 to 17, was an amazing amount of goals. And he was tough and he was hard as nails and he's still a very good friend of mine now. And it was just a shame, being a Blackburn Rovers fan and he's, I mean, everybody says that Joe's a Preston fan. It's his dad who's a Preston fan. You know, Joe's Joe's a Blackburn boy. He comes from Wally, he still lives there. I'm so disappointed that Joe didn't, uh, didn't play for Blackburn Rovers first team. Yeah, I can yeah. see that one for sure. Um, Wegley's Wiggle asks, um, which first team manager showed the most interest in the youth players? So maybe the person, the, the manager who kind of worked well with the academy the most, maybe. Well, Gary's the obvious choice because he was he was the under-18s coach and under-reserve team manager. Um, my manager at Blackburn was uh, Graham Sooners, first one, not really interested. Mark Hughes, no, definitely weren't interested. Um, and then I left, and then I came back under Gary. So Gary was Gary was interested, and then Gary left, and I think Paul came in. Paul Lambert came in, who who brought Robert Kelly in with him, and Robert was really interested in the youth side of it, obviously because of his background as well. But Paul left it left all the the dealings with the youth team uh, to Robert Kelly. Then Owen uh, Owen Coyle came in. Um, Owen was a lovely bloke. Uh, I enjoy enjoy working with him, but we'll leave that one. And then, um, and and then Tony came in, uh, and I only had a couple of months uh, with Tony Mowbray. I, I found him really easy, very very easy, easily uh, to work for, and he was always interested. But the obvious one under my time there would be Gary Boyer, simply because of his background. I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he knew that he was working under certain conditions where first-team budget for recruitment maybe wasn't amazing. So perhaps it was a little bit of necessity as well. Yeah. But Gary's yeah. first season's manager. Gary, uh, you know, I think we finished, what, eighth? Mm. We we had a hell of a side that year, mm-hmm. you know. We, you know, we, we John, Tom Kearney, Jordan Rhodes, you know, Grant were coming through, Grant Hanley, you know, Adam Henley left but right back probably should have done better. But you know, Tommy Spur, we we did have a good side. You know, um, the big lad up front with Jordan, Gustad, Gustad, yeah, yeah. It, it was a shame that side broke up because if we could have kept it together one more year, I'm sure we'd have, I'm sure we'd have got back. He, um, Gary, was on the. I think he was our last guest actually on the podcast uh, last month, and he was saying that he looks back at that and wonders whether that 
we've when you have Rhodes and Gusted scoring forty odd goals between them, and you know some of the lads that we had in behind, whether yeah, obviously he's, he's quite self-critical, isn't he, Gary? And you know, he's going to blame himself, yes. but it's it's one of those it's football. What can you say? I think we all felt that we could have snuck into the playoffs, and you never know what happens then. But yeah. um, he did a fantastic job for us, Gary Boy, and I think more the more time that passes since the Boy era, the more Rovers fans realise that how good a, a time we had under Gary and how difficult it kind of is to get out of this division. And maybe he took some stick that it was a little bit undeserved from the fan base. Um, I've got a couple more questions. Um, yeah. Gary Walsh asks, um, he asks three, he's been greedy. Um, <laughs> best, best player he you brought through. Um, which player, if any, does he regret allowing to slip through the net? And oh, I've asked that third one already. So the best player that kind of came through with that you that you had a part in, and which player kind of slipped through the net for you guys? Um, the the best player that I that I had a lot of dealings with probably Paul Paul Gallagher and Junior uh, Junior Oilet again. You know, I just thought Junior was so talented. He was in, he was some of the things he did. At, 15, 16 was, was frightening and you thought wow we're, we've got a big one on our hands here we've got a real superstar on our hands here and you know he's had a hell of a career but like I said before I think he, he, could, he could have done better slipped through the net um, at Blackburn uh, I think uh, who can we say um, Darren, uh, the lad who played uh, from from Man United went to West Brom, captain of Scotland. Darren Fletcher. Yeah, Darren Fletcher. He was there. We 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 sorted him out. He come down for a, a trial at under 16s level. Uh, he played all, all the staff, and I was only part time then. But to be fair to Bobby and Robert, they gave me a say, and I said, yeah, definitely. So I got the job of taking um, his family out for a meal. Mm. We went to the Black Bull at Brockle. Uh, when I left on the Saturday night, they'd all agreed to sign. He, he was coming, no problem whatsoever. He went home on Sunday, uh, and the story goes, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I can imagine it being, being true that um, Sunday lunchtime, uh, Alec Ferguson knocked on the door and... Uh, the rest of his history is signed for Manchester United, but when he left, when he, when him and the, Darren and his family left me on that uh, Saturday night in the Black Bull, they'd 100% agreed to come and join us. So that's the big one that slipped through the net yeah, in my time. That's interesting. I, can, that, I imagine that happens a few times at, at that yeah. sort of level. Um, actually, the Manchester United connection brings us into our uh, question from Joe Harvey. Um, this is an interesting one. You might need to take a second on this, but why do you think that Manchester United can produce talents like Marcus Rashford whilst repeatedly boasting a weaker under-23 squad than Rovers? Um, so he says he goes on to say, having gone the recently may, even made the jump to PL to Division 1 and they're currently sitting bottom, whereas our 23s are 2-for-2 two two at the minute. So why is it that they have these amazing individual talents that come through but don't possibly have a good squad like we do? Um, 
Or is that the answer, that, the answer to that one, I, I think, is that their amazing talents get pushed higher earlier. And that's what... He, he, so if Ra- when Rashford came through, when he was 16, he'd be playing for 18s. When he's 18, he'd be playing for 23s. So you can imagine Man- what Manchester United under 23s have lost two out of two, have they? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, they're currently sitting bottom of the table, whereas well, we, we've won two. They're probably very young. Yeah. They're probably, they're probably very, very young and the and they're, they're 23s will be playing in this um, EFL Cup. Yeah. So they won't be. So they won't be playing that. And this takes me back to my gripe about when we had that under that under eighteen side. Well, got to semi final mm-hmm. and only just lost to Chelsea. I know he seems a big score four one in aggregate, but it's not when you see Man, when they beat Man City seven in final. Always it weren't too bad. Um, that was the time that you push your players on. You push them on and you make them stronger. You make them better. Uh, and you, you have to take the bad results because you're young, but you'll, but you'll get your you'll get your gains in years to come because they've had experience of playing against uh, older play older players and in proper football. So if Manchester United at bottom, it, I will guarantee that 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 under twenty three side will be very young, yeah. and their individuals like the Rashfords and the Lingards and that will be playing two years higher than them. When Rain, Wayne Rooney was. 16, he was centre forward for Everton's under 19s, yeah. you know, and he was still the best player on the pitch. Michael Owen was playing for Liverpool. My first game was in charge of Preston's under 15s, um, were against Liverpool at my school college. And Michael Owen was 12 year old playing up front for Liverpool that day, and he wasn't very good that day, but he was playing against people who were three or eight years older than him. And we soon found that. So that's the reason I all think that um, Blackburn, Blackburn Rovers will be playing their proper age. Manchester United will be playing younger players. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I have two questions of my own um, about yeah. kind of the youth system and the and the setup of it. Um, we've had success with Joe Rankin, Costello, Lewis Travis, and then two um, of players, not necessarily who came with us from under 11s, but came from other academies um, first. How does that kind of work, and and is that something that you actively looked for um, players that maybe weren't getting the chances at other academies that you thought were were good? Yeah, I mean, I've always worked. I do it at Carlisle now. I, I did it. I did it when I was academy manager at Blackburn. You, you look at your own under sixteens. You take the best of them, and then you think. So, you say you need eight, eight new YTs for the following year and you've only got four in your under-16s. You take them four, then you look outside. I signed Travis for Blackburn. He got released by Liverpool as an under-16. We brought him in on trial. We signed him as a as a first-year YTS. So Lewis has gone. Joe uh, Rankin-Costello got released at 14 at Manchester United. Uh, he came in. He, we signed him. Uh, so you're always looking. You're always looking for the best players you can possibly get. If you've got if you've got ten under sixteens and you think they're all good enough to go through to YTS, you don't have to recruit anymore. There's your there's your team, but it, it it's very rare, especially when you when you're working for a category one club like like Blackburn, that you've got enough in your under sixteens to make you competitive and you've always got to remember these lads are 
they've got to have a chance. They have to have a chance to play for the first team or it's pointless uh, taking them. It, if you're taking them just for the sake of taking them, then I think you're wrong. But that's my that's my opinion. So, you know, you look for the best that's available. Uh, Liverpool released Travis. Uh, we thought he was good enough. We thought he was. I never thought in a million years that he'd play central midfield for the first team. Oh, really? I thought he'd always be a right back. But uh, Lewis has done incredibly well. Um, and so that's a success story for Blackburn Rovers because they picked him up when Liverpool released him and turned him into a first team player. Yeah, so. first team central midfielder is a massive asset. And it's a shame yeah. that he's got this injury at the moment, but I'm sure he'll come back fitter and yeah. stronger. And he's definitely one of my favourite players at the moment. Um, alongside Joe Rankin Costello, actually, who I think is just a, a very intelligent and very versatile, obviously, player. Um, my other question, you mentioned already about loan systems and the 23s. Obviously, when you first start getting involved in new football, we had the reserve teams and a different system. And now we've got the under-23s football, PL2, um, for the Category 1 clubs. Do you think that this this kind of structure works or would you prefer to see something different having been in the game in the youth system for a long time I don't think it works uh, but I've got an answer and I think mm. that's like everybody else um, it's 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 not real football it's when I started when I when I was growing up it was reserve team football was if you weren't in first team you play for reserves and the better youngsters played to make the 11 up. Now, first team pros don't play in reserves. So you don't get that mixture anymore. You know, even the injured players coming back, they organise a behind closed doors game. So so your PL2, as you call it, or under 23s football, is just a, it's just an extension to the under 18s. Uh, that's that, well, that to, to get the experience you need to go and play in somebody's first team, you've got to play in first teams. And if you're a play, if you, if you're, um, if you look at Scott Wharton now, Scott Wharton has had four low moves. He's had three promotions and then four low moves. He's a battle in centre half now. He's played at Cambridge, Barry, Lincoln, Northampton, you know, three promotions. And his first, the only year he didn't get promoted was with Cambridge when he was about 18, he went on loan. But he's probably 20, 22, 23, and he's, had, he's played at Football League for four years. He's ready. He'll have a career. He won't be playing, he won't be playing in non-league football because he, he had that opportunity. And that's what should have happened to that group of players that we had that got to the semi-final. They should have all been sent out into League Two conference and come back that way. So even and though I'm a... I'm a Big believer in youth football, and it's been most of my life, my coaching life. I still think that um, the under twenty ones, under twenty threes, whatever you call them these days, I don't think it's working. To be honest, I think um, you get the Osmond Rashford. You named him. Rashford never went out on on loan. Harry Kane went out on loan to God knows how many clubs. He'll done loan a few times as well, of course. Yeah, you know, so it works as a Ryan. Ryan Nyambi's never gone out on loan because he was a right back and we needed a right back at the time. He was, you know, only physically powerful. Ryan's Ryan's always been physically strong and quick. So he's going to get a chance. Now, your other ones, um, your other ones who aren't as, as powerful as Ryan may have to go out and grow up in another league and learn what, learn, learn what winning 
football match is all about. Because even at football league level, any first-team manager is only three games away from getting the sack. So you can't yeah. come in after yeah. after a PL2 game and say, we didn't pass the ball very well. That won't go down right well in the League 2 dressing room. You know, So he toughens them up. So me, I'm still a big believer in young players going out and long, getting experience to come back and make them better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the catch-22 is almost, I know it's a bit stereotypical, but the lower down you go, the more strong and powerful and quick that you may need to be to be able to compete. So how do you, how does that balance out with getting them the experience and getting them a chance in those teams? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, if you know. No, we'll be asking this question for forever, I will think. You know, in, unlike the, the person who asked the question, why are we top? Why are we top and Manchester United are bottom? Because Manchester United players will be playing at a different level. Yeah. You know, they're in the CFL Cup. So, did they play last night? I think they played last night. And if they didn't play last night, they played um, Monday night. Um, so, you, you you look at the Liverpool Liverpool side, I think they're under-classed as they're under-23s who played Wigan, got beat seven. Mm. Now, that will be their under-18s. Mm. Now, that's 7-1, even though it looks bad, and it, it probably is bad for Liverpool, but the experience that them young boys... and them, I mean, I'd like to see the age of the Liverpool side that played Wigan. They'd be really interested. Mm. So, you know, everybody has their own uh, warm way of doing it. Yeah, they certainly do. Let's just finish with... Um, obviously, I presume you're still a Blackburn Rovers fan, no matter how it kind of finished up for you in 2017 how do you look at the club at the moment and do you, are you are, do you see a lot of pride in terms of the players that are in there and then do you see us getting into the Premier League again sometime soon uh, no not sometime soon I don't uh, I'm still a Blackburn Rovers fan you can't change um, as much as I were hurt when I left um, it was my decision to leave but it still hurts um, you know I said at the time it were like um, it were like be, being married and being in, being in love and then getting divorced and after you get divorced you, you wait them for a couple of years and eventually become friends again um, and that's how I looked at it. I was I, I, you know I was really hurt with the way way it ended, um, but you can't you can't just stop. You know when I when I said like we're nineteen sixty six. When I yeah. first went, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really good at maths. So how, how long ago is that? You know, it's fifty odd years. You know, it, it's a long time. So you're not. You're not going to. You, you can't change your clubs. You can't. So I look for the results. Um, I like. I'm. I'm really pleased when I see people like Lewis Travis doing well and Rock uh, Costello doing well and Buckley coming in and Vale had a go and Brennan had a. Had a good night. Ryan's done extremely well. Uh, David Ray was magnificent for me. Do not understand that one one little bit, by the way. No, no. I cannot understand for the life of me how they could let David Ray go and replaced him with who they did. So I, take a, I still take an interest. In, will they get back in Premier League? Uh, not under these current owners, we won't know. Um, let's hope you're wrong. <laughs> let's hope you're yeah, wrong. Listen, this, this I, hope, I, 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 I hope I am wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong because there's nothing better than, you know, it took, how long did it take Leeds? Yeah, so long 16, 16 years. How long have we been out of it now? 
I don't know, eight, ten, years. eight, eight years. years. So we've got a bit of time to go, you know, hopefully, <laughs> that we can, hopefully we can stabilise and yeah. great start to the season. Yeah. It's start. a fantastic start to the season, scoring goals and, um, you know, let's hope that uh, I am wrong. Uh, and I'll be the first one to to say I'm wrong, but let's hope that this year we can, if we can't get in that to top two, let's make sure we're in playoffs. Absolutely. Um, I want to finish. Andy Foster's been in touch on Facebook. He says that you're still owing a pint from the corporation days. But <laughs> first was a good laugh, if you can remember that. Is he still living in Spain? Well, I'll ask him if you want. I don't. I have to say, I don't know him. I just put in Alan. I think, yeah, listen, that were a long. That was my first. Um, my first football uh, team was Corporation Park Hotel on Revis Road when I was sixteen years of age. My dad used to drink in there. Um, my dad used to work in there. I, I, I were going to Rovers every week. I didn't. I weren't interested in playing, but I played at school and that. And then one day, my dad woke me up at about it, eight o'clock dragged me out of bed, put my boots in the car, took me up to Corporation Park, dropped me outside. And then Andy and Eric Foster, who's his brother, and a few others, just dragged me to Whiteburg. And, and I started playing football on Sunday mornings, and I wonder what the hell had hit me. And then, <laughs> as I got used to it, um, Andy, was a, he thought he was a bit of an hippie. You know, so he, used to, he used to take me over to Settle, and we used to go to folk, folk song folk dancing and dancing around maples. And I was 15 and I thought, oh, these are idiots, this lot. But no, if, if you listen, Andy, it's, um, I'm glad, to, I hope you're well, because uh, that brings back a lot of happy memories from a long, long time ago. I think he'll probably want to know if you're going to get him that pint or not. Uh, yeah, if he comes up to Carlisle, I'll, quite, um, I'll, I'll be willing to buy him a pint. Well, right. Thanks so much for your time, Eric. I'm going to go and feed my uh, three and two-year-old that want pizza, apparently. So. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it, on. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. Brilliant. bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information.